The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. 17 brand new electrifying episodes or what you call games. Okay, blue skies, no bad ideas. Okay, what about we're in London after the game. ETN loses his passport, can't come back into the States, fully lives in London for like a month. That's like nice. it's a flat or whatever. Comes back into the building, unrecognizable, thick British accent. Like, hello, everybody, did you miss me? Beans and toast. Uh. Green Bay locked Aaron Rodgers in a dark room for a month. Let's get creative. But if you think it's hard on the writers, think about the actors playing the players. You spend years becoming a fine tuned athlete only to get drafted and have to learn how to act. It's not about winning. It's about putting on a show. Football is easy. Acting is hard. A little snippet from one of the schedule release videos that flew under the radar last week thanks to the brilliance of the Chargers and also the accidental wizardry of the titans that one right. really took off right as a friday morning there were eight million views on all platforms of the titans it was pretty amazing Red stallions and i i 69ers stars yes right right cowboys twice when it was actually the colts it was just great it, it really was and it, it that one had a little bit more of a if you weren't in like the NFL world and just totally consumed with it. You might not know some of the anime stuff on the Chargers one, right? But the Tennessee Titans one, I think, was just it, it was it, it, it hit everybody, right? I got home that day after work and I was like, the, my my daughter was home on Friday, my wife, and I'm like, hey, you guys got to watch this. This is hilarious, right? And, and you know, of course, they're casual football fans, but yeah, they got all those jokes. It was really funny. It was w- well done. That one is too. I know I'm kind of still cracking away at some of these because he didn't see them all. The Jaguars is a take on this whole idea that the yeah. NFL is scripted. That was a comment Arian Foster made on a podcast. It's kind of off right during the playoffs. People believed it, right? People believed it. Yeah. He did it sarcastically, and right. people believed it. And people believe the NFL is scripted. They believe the NFL is rigged. Whenever something questionable happens in a game, yeah. hashtag NFL rigged. Now it's rigged a thing on the social media trending. altogether. And look, my position has always been 
how do I put this delicately? I, sometimes there is no way to put it delicately. I don't think the NFL is competent enough to rig games. That's why I think games aren't rigged by the NFL. I don't think they could. Put it uh, well, uh, you you're uh, so delicate with your words <laughs> on that, Thursday was morning. That, <laughs> was I tiptoeing? NFL, you're enough? not smart enough <laughs> to be able to figure out how to throw games or and do all that. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I just don't think you could pull it off. You couldn't keep enough people exactly, quiet. Exactly. Exactly. There's no way that it would actually happen, and you can't control it. The right. more you try to control right. it, the greater the chance something goes haywire. Yeah, Davis Mills throws a touchdown with 10 seconds left, and you don't have the number one exactly. pick in the draft anymore. <laughs> the show is PFT Live. I am here live in studio with Chris. I'm on my way home as soon as we're done here. We're up here for an NBC event. This is the upfront week. or The upfront. Front if you're part of the streaming world. Right. It's when the advertisers gather, the networks unveil their – new offerings, yes. and then there are dinner events throughout the week, and we got to go and, like, be personable and on for a few hours. Yeah. There was alcohol. There yeah. was food. Yeah, pretty And I've been food. doing this since 2010 right. with a little break due to the pandemic, and last year I just didn't want to come, and then Rodney shamed me into coming, and Rodney got sick, and he didn't come, so... So now i got to shame him into coming next year, and I won't come next year, and then he can shame me, and we can just go tag team right. year after year. But... They changed the format, and it used to be a sit-down dinner. Instead, it was heavy hors d'oeuvres, and the heavy hors d'oeuvres were great. But the problem that I have, my brain doesn't know when my stomach has had enough food if I never have a plate of food. The sit-down and go through that process. If it's a little bit here and a little bit there, and then a half hour later, a little bit here and a little bit there, I never feel like I ate. Now, I probably ingested plenty of calories yeah. and fat okay. and stuff that isn't right. good for me. The food was awesome, but I never felt like I had, like, a meal. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you even did that. Like, I, I'm, I'm with you in the fact that I need to sit down and have a process, but I'm – like, I can't enjoy myself and relax and eat anyways. Like, that, that's where I saw a steak taco. I threw it out. Oh, damn, that was good. And I had my eye on After like, you dropped it on the floor, did you pick it up? And then <laughs> no, not, not, not anymore. But then, then, then I look at, you know, the line of food. Like, you know, oh, there's the food, like you said, set up. I want to go over there. You end up getting, you know, sidetracked. People talk to you. Then you're getting ready to go over there. Well, let me go grab So The line's long. And, like, I came away from the night. I barely ate anything. I was starving. I had to go home. I got home at 10. And I had to make a bowl of soup. And my wife's like, what? You didn't eat anything? And I was like, I, I really didn't. And it's just, it's hard to in those. One, I can't relax. And two, people are always talking to you. Well, and and it was it was fun. And I had a good time. And I went back to a hotel after room service was shut down for the night. Yeah. So it was just go to bed. Yeah, right. And deal with it this morning. Right. I got a question for you. When you yeah. have soup, do you fill the bowl with hot water and then pour the water into a trash can? <laughs> You're funny. You're funny. Bowl? You know what, though? There's a lot of soup in this building in the, and everywhere where I see people leave a little liquid on the end of their – and they throw it in the garbage can. So what's different than me throwing a little water in the garbage can? It wasn't a little. It was a whole mug full. He did it right before the show. I, I did ask him. He said, hey, you got your camera. I said, what are you talking about? And he Boom. dumped it right in. Boom. Well, we have some developments along this front. Some people have chimed in. They have. I, as I saw the few. propriety of heating – the mug before the coffee goes in it. Since in Cincinnati, honestly, never heard of anyone preheating their coffee cup with hot water. You make the coffee with hot water already. Come on, man. Only you do that. <laughs> Love the show. Thank What's you, up, Nick. Nick? You're but, right. But, you know, 
It's hardly universal. There have been people on both sides of the aisle. Ocean 7 says, without getting into dumping water into a trash can, over 35 years ago I had a waitress fill my thermos with hot water to warm it up. She then dumped it and filled it with coffee, so it is a thing. And it is a thing. Apparently it's a thing. And I got an email just before the show from one of our viewers in the UK. (laughs) We got lots of good ones here. I haven't seen this one. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's inappropriate. Stop Uh, boiling hot water. Stop pouring boiling hot water into a rubbish bin. Have you not heard of a sink or a bowl dish or even another bloody cup? FFS. I don't know what FFS means. I do know what it yes, means. Yes, yes. I do know what it yeah, means. Okay. I do know what it means. You want okay. me to tell you? Yeah, I know what it means. But that's the <coughs> main feedback I get. Why don't you pour it into a sink? Well, there isn't a sink in, in the, the studio. studio. Exactly. Yeah. I did at a one point. I used to put the hot water in, sit here. And right before the show, I would get up and walk to the bathroom and dump it over in my early stages of you making me feel guilty about this. So I was like, all right, I'll change it. But then, you know, a few times happen where you get, you know, buckled in here in the seat. I got my earpiece on. You get ready and you go, oh, no. Right. And that's when I got back into my bad habit of dumping it in there. Now, somebody doesn't like it, obviously. Right. I mean, they move this garbage can. I would like to do it in a sink. I, I'm being spoiled. I do recognize that. It does scolding the coffee or the teapot and all that. That's that's the text I got, right? That's you saw it. a lot yes. of that, yes. right? So uh, it scolding, does keep scolding, it a little scolding, scalding, whatever. You got it. Yeah. But but it does keep it a little warmer. Yeah. But I feel kind of bad, but not bad enough to where I don't know if I won't do it tomorrow. Yeah, Alan yeah. from the UK. Dare I say you are wrong thinking Chris is crazy pouring hot water into his cup. His method is based on good chemistry and has been used by tea drinkers for centuries. There we go. We in Britain pour hot water into uh, an empty teapot, swirl it around and discard it before inserting the tea leaves and filling with hot water. The tea tastes so much better that way. See? See? It's my English bloodlines. I do got a little English bloodlines But blood it's not tea. There. It's coffee. <laughs> I know it's not. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So uh, that was the fun from yesterday. We're both a little tired from last night. I got to get out of here as soon as we're done and try to get home. It's going to be a hustle to the airport, but what the hell. And the good thing is, I was telling you before the show, if I end up missing my plane for some reason, LaGuardia is so nice now. I just go get a hamburger, drop it on the ground, scoop it up. The Wi-Fi is good. The the Wi-Fi is good. They got plugs everywhere. It's so much better than it used to be. You don't even need to like be in the – What time's my flight? Okay, I'm good, and we'll make it work. All right. Oh, did you (laughs) see this? I, I noticed it this morning. Yeah. Josh Allen and Matt Barkley were at the Blue Jays-Yankees game last night. I did not see that. Pre-game, there's two stories coming out of this. Pre-game, they took some swings. Right. Josh Allen hit four home runs. Matt Barkley hit five. Is that right? Now, Matt Barkley got a little baseball background to himself. I didn't know that. Yeah, Barkley put five over the wall, besting Josh Allen by one. And then I saw this during the game. The Blue Jays announcers accused Aaron Judge of cheating. Did you see that? No, I did not. I'm because totally out of the sports world. He was world locked last night. in looking at the pitcher, right. and before a couple of the pitches he in an at bat that ended with a home run, he looked over the dugout. Now, I think on the broadcast, they oh, thought he was peeking down at the, the catcher. catcher. That's what I thought you were going to say. But he was looking at the dugout, and he said after the game, Aaron Boone, right. the right. manager, had right. been ejected for arguing balls and strikes, and apparently there was some chatter some ruckus in the dugout that was distracting him right. so he was looking over at the dugout because of whatever was going on right. but i mean it's so obvious if someone does it like boom right there he does it in one at bat and the announcers immediately notice it you're out in the open you can't hide it no. you can't subtly glance away from the pitcher over to something else people are on the lookout for that after what happened with the astros but 
that was just a thing that I, yeah, I noticed. I did not, I noticed I did not, that you're a Yankees fan. I'm, I'm, I'm out of, get a kick out I, of I would. I, I mean, I'd be shocked to hear Aaron Judge is trying to do anything illegal there or anything. He's been pretty stand-up his whole career here so far. They just flat-out accused him. Well, of I, guess, I mean, they were yeah. like, oh, he's up to something there. Hey, he's looking around. Hey, hey, what's, yeah. what, what's well, Aaron Judge no doing? No and boom, home run. The, it's a no-no to look back at the catcher, right? You know, but... So, well, where where is he looking? Here? Oh, there it is. Right There's there. The okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where, damn. That's what they're talking about? Blue Jays, suck it. Yankees won. <laughs> Eat it. All right? Get out of here with that crap. All right? I don't even know. Did the Yankees win? Yankees did win. Sure. Okay, the Yankees good, did good. win. I mean, he's not looking. What did, he, what did he gleam right there? First off, the pitch came a half a second later. See, this is where the world and social media is crazy. There's no way he saw the catcher, right, from that. He, no, they're suggesting he looked over to the dugout and they were doing And something. the ball was coming a half a second. What did, what did he look over and was like, oh, what, what are you guys throwing me? A curve? A changeup? Oh, well, let me look and locate it real quick. Like, what, the, the signal was already gone. What, what are they talking it's about? It's a testament to his focus that he was able to be distracted, look, there, look over there, come back, and put one over right, the wall. Right. I think maybe they were de- deliberately distracting him during the pitch. What a low blow by them in it baseball. It was the Yankees. World. It was oh, the Yankees. Damn, damn. okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, I'm done. I guess it was, yeah, like I said, Boone had been kicked yeah. out, and there was still some sort of a ruckus in the dugout yeah. after. Okay, all right. Okay. Uh, on to the news. On to the news. It's, I, I, I don't want to say it's a slow time, because it's if I do, a, then we have a, a montage slow time. times I've said it was a slow time. <laughs> but, yes, baseball made seg one. That's all you need to know. Right. If we talk about any other sport, specifically baseball in seg one, that means we are into the – NFL. Yeah, nice time. shirt on today, though. You ditched your Under Armour one for a Nike one. Well, and my wife said, "Quit wearing shirts with logos yeah, on it unless I mean, they pay you." Exactly. What what kind of businessman are you? I mean, I go on pro football talk, and there's 90 things that pop up. Now you're just going to wear free damn things dude, on there, dude? You pound on the table. Are you upset about that? <laughs> I just wear what I have. I wear what I stuck in my bag. Damn. So I put this on. It fits better than the Under Armour that was purchased when <laughs> I was does. heavier. It does. So. Let's um, get let, let's shopping spree. Yeah, my wife already. Howie Rose. My wife already. We'll go to Philly. We had a discussion yesterday. Oh, you had a discussion. Yeah. Wow, some new clothes. So, oh, I like it. Yeah. So what? Le- this is very interesting. No, it's not. <laughs> so what led to this discussion? She watched the show yes. yesterday. Yeah, and she was like, "Chris looks a lot better than you." And nice no, she shirt, didn't say huh? that. No, she okay. didn't say that. Darn it. She said. She said. She said, we need to get you some new shirts. <laughs> <I love laughs> it's like, I don't care. I know you don't care, but we need to get you some new shirts. She doesn't give you like an insult and be like, you look like, you know, you look like shit today. No, yeah, she's not. No, she's, she's, I mean, it's more passive aggressive than that. Yeah. I mean, you've been married a long time. You know, that's how it goes. You right. can't just, you can't just like, you know, bombs away. It's right. got to be, hey, look over there, bombs away. <laughs> but it was, we need we need i mean it's i'm not i'm hopefully she's not up at 7 my wife is watching hopefully she hopefully hopefully hopefully, uh she doesn't see this but um i mean she look you know our our spouses look out for us i mean stuff i don't care about because my reaction is i don't care that will be fine right i don't care right but my birthday's coming up so this is great perfect excuse you want to get me something yeah get me polo shirts anybody out there you want to get me something get me polo shirts I can't give you my address over the air, <laughs> yeah. but just you get sound them like you were about hold to hold them. Yeah, no. <laughs> send them to NBC and then they'll send them to me. I'm sure they'll be happy about that. Uh, so uh, anyway, yeah, no more. I get, and it's not like I can peel this off. I mean, it's like stitched on there. Well, yeah, so Nike you gets some free advertising Apparently. today. Under Armour got it yesterday. Yeah. And who knows who gets some free advertising tomorrow. tomorrow. Maybe nobody gets free advertising tomorrow. Okay. Quinn and Williams, no free advertising for the Jets on his social media page. This And look. 
Peter King and I talked about this a few weeks ago because he's of a generation that just thinks this is all ridiculous and frivolous and superfluous. But this is how people send messages from the younger generation. Definitely. They use their social media. What was one of the big headlines last year? How Kyler Murray had Scrub- taken all the Cardinals the stuff, stuff off. Right. He wanted his contract and he got it. Quinn Williams wants his contract. Defensive tackle for dot, 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 dot. No jets to be seen. And we know he's locked in a battle with the Jets to try to get his contract. And, you know, the point that's always resonated with me, you've got that cluster of guys around 22, 23 million. Jeffrey Simmons, 23 and a half. Deron Payne, Dexter Lawrence, 22 and a half million. And then you've got Aaron Donald at 31.6. Yeah. That's a big gap. Right. And I feel like he's Quinn trying to Williams bridge that one there. Wants a to get closer to Aaron right. Donald than the guys at the bottom. And otherwise, you do a deal. It's easy to do a deal. Yeah. Unless, I mean, if the Jets are refusing to give him the Deron Payne, Dexter Lawrence, Jeffrey Simmons deal, then it's on the Jets. If he is aiming higher than that, then I can understand why they've yet to get it done. And now, and look, this is all, I mean, we we see the posturing. I mean, Lamar Jackson has to be traded by the Ravens, and he didn't mean it. So Quentin Williams takes Jets off of his page. Does he really mean it? I don't know. I doubt it. I don't think so either. And what's he really going to do? He's under contract for this year. He's got a fifth-year option. He's going to sit out. As I said before, if you skip preseason games, I mean, first you get fined like $50,000 a day for missing training camp. And then if you skip preseason games, the fine is the amount of a regular season game check if you're on your fifth-year option. So the system is rigged to get guys to show up, and I think he eventually will show up. It's just a matter of of when. Yeah, semantics. I think one question off-season mandatory minicamp is either, because the fine is lesser for that. It's like a hundred grand if you skip the whole three-day thing. But I think by training camp, they'll either get it worked out or he'll be there. Well, he's going to be there. I'm with you there. You're right. Hold in. Yeah, hold in. That's the new thing we have seen. Yes. You know, and and again, uh, I'm one that would sit here and tell you, yeah, I'm, I'm very hopeful this still gets done. This guy's too good of a football player. He's one of the best defensive tackles in football. We know their defense is real. Here they are on the cusp of, like, they think they're a Super Bowl team. We look at them on on paper and go, they got a lot of things that are Super Bowl caliber. We know it's going to be tough. But you know, to get there without him, I, I don't know if that's even possible. He's that big of a good of a player right now. He is, you know, among that group you talked about. Does he deserve Aaron Donald money? No, nobody does in, in my eyes. But does he deserve to be in the class of those other guys? Of course he does. And this is where, to me, it's like, you know, it's, it's interesting where the – like we talked about yesterday, Mike, the Aaron Rodgers situation. Now, this is where this he could help. He takes a little money off of his salary, lightens the load for the Jets. It makes it, the, you know, a little easier for them to get this deal done. And it would be another way for him to – bridge the gap between himself and the Jets fans and, you know, continue this love affair that we got going on in New York right now. And this is the other thing, too. I mean, the guys who have been there and been part of this team that's being built, there will be some potential resentment when you bring in a new player, roll out the red carpet, give him all the money. What about us? We're the ones who have been here working. We provided the infrastructure. This guy's going to make the difference, but there's no difference to be made if we're not here doing what we've done. And Quinn Williams has been a big part of it. He's due to make $9.6 million this year on that fifth-year option of his rookie contract. I think your instincts are right, though, like with the money. What? You know, but I think it, he's probably looking somewhere to get closer to Aaron Donald, and they're going, wait, you know, Jeffrey Simmons to this point has had a better career than you. He might not have had a better last year, right? 
Deron Payne, some of those guys, that's where the Jets are probably arguing if that's it, that is the case. You know, how much is he trying to one up Jeffrey Simmons? If it's by a wide margin, yeah, I could see the Jets digging their feet in, you know, a little bit and going, nah, I, I, we're not going to do that. Cap keep going, it keeps going up, yeah. market keeps going up, and that's the thing. You try to get ahead of where you are right now. And as these guys go one after the other, the challenge is I want to get more than the last one. But when you've got this kind of a gap where you've got Aaron Donald and a class of him, of his own with that $8 million between him and the rest, I just wonder where and that's a Williams' rare, expectations yeah, right. are. And because he's not Aaron Donald, yeah, right? right. But is he closer to Donald in his mind from a financial standpoint than what these other guys are making? We'll see. Here's Quentin Williams from back in January talking about his contract. Everybody know I'm a team guy, man. Everybody know that um, I believe in team and want want to push team first and different things like that. But I do want to get a contract done before um, the offseason program. I do want to um, feel like I deserve uh, to get a contract done for the offseason program just because um, I did everything right on the field and everything right off the field. And just having the organization behind me, just like I'm behind them, to show uh, that they really support me and different things like that is an amazing thing for me. I definitely have faith in them, man. Just to see this organization going to coach the culture change that they have. I know um, I've seen the stat that they haven't re-signed a first-round draft pick in the last seven to ten years or something like that. But to see where this culture going, to see where we're going as a defense, as a whole, man, I feel like I, I want to be a big part of that. That culture change. I want to be a big part of that. That New York Saxon change 2.0 uh, type thing, man. That's a big thing that means a lot to me in this organization. So, every time Quinn Williams talks, I think of to bring up Kyler Murray again when he was at Alabama yeah, and they were the getting best. ready to play Kyler Murray, and he started to comment on Kyler Murray and stopped himself mid sentence, realized that he was going to have Nick Saban shoe up his ass <laughs> and shut up, just shut up, just stopped talking every time he's talking i think at some point he's just gonna That's like exactly he did in that did. video it it's, a, it's a classic video it is uh, but, but yeah, i think that gives you a little bit of his mindset right he's telling you right there hey i've done a lot of good things you picked me high in the draft i played really well i've acted like a professional on and off the field he'd like to be rewarded he doesn't want to go there and work and not have that you know in his bag already and, 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 you know, they, they are a team that's pretty intense in OTAs, right? I know that culture of that coach is there. They fly around. They run. Hey, All he, gas, no brakes. Yeah, exactly. So they want, they want, he wants to protect himself that way. And that's where it is interesting. Well, you know, like we said, this, this is a F the play-up guy in a major way where, yeah, his 12 sacks, they're, that, that's all great. The stats are good. But he's one of those two where you turn on the game and you start to go, you watch it back a day or two after and you go, damn, he was involved in more plays than I even thought on Sunday. He's one of those type of football players, right? I'm not saying he's Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's great, but he's certainly in that you know, conversation like we talked about at the top of the position. And you know, I would be shocked if something doesn't get done. He was asked if he's looking to be the highest paid defensive tackle in the NFL, and his response was to yeah. defer to his agent. I know. So that tells, that's that tells me he's, exactly. he's aiming high. The right. agent is aiming right. high. And what happens a lot of times is – the player is getting that very strong advice from the agent, and sometimes the agent is maybe not giving the best possible advice. And sometimes the agent, you know, it's my guts, your blood. The agent is pushing the client to do something that maybe isn't in the client's best interest. Yeah. And look, I go back to the Lamar Jackson situation. I don't advocate having a bad agent. 
But sometimes having a medium agent is far better than no agent whatsoever. Having a good agent is always better than having no agent. And I don't know. I don't even know who Quinn Williams' agent is. I'm not trying to get a phone call today on my way to the airport or once I get home. I don't know. I haven't even looked it up. And a lot of people just like know this instantly, but I don't. I don't know. If I knew, I've forgotten. And I'm not. This isn't a slam. This is just a yeah. point I'm making that at a certain moment in the negotiations, for some of these guys, they need to be willing to say, "Fine, I right. appreciate your opinion. Right. I respect that's it. plenty aggressive, but, but, but I don't want to be that aggressive. I, yeah, right. I still want to get a deal done. Right. I want to get a deal I done. I'm not deal looking done. to totally ruin my." You know, relationship with that. You, you do. You come to a point there where you, you do want to find a happy medium. Or not a happy medium. You want to win, but you're not looking to, like, scorch the other team and ruin relationships and, you know, have the team, you know, a little disorganized and throw off the chemistry and all that just because you were, I want another million dollars or $2 million a year, right? That, that, that's where it, it does get hard as an athlete. Like you talk about all the time, the system is used against you for the guys who really love football because they just go, ah, I want to get back out there. Uh, it, it, they don't need this distraction. We know that. I mean, things are going well, uh, but we'll see where it goes. And, 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 you know, Aaron Donald liked the Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson contract, right? With that whole thing, with the Deshaun Watson contract, I'm trying to make the comparison here. It was, it, I do think it's kind of a one-off. It was a weird circumstance. You know, almost how we used to say Deshaun's contract, you know, and Lamar, you're not going to get that because of all that. Aaron Donald was underpaid for a little while, was clearly the best defensive player in football for, what, Mike, five, six years in a row? And the Rams have a habit of doing bad deals. And the Rams do bad deals, and then it all hit in he made the big plays in the Super Bowl and showed up in the big moment. And moments. was thinking about leaving. And, and right. Ago, so there was like – He gave them exactly. his retirement his letter. His leverage was insane. That's, that's what I was trying to get yeah. at. Thank you no, for putting right. that up for me. Nicole Lynn – who has done a great job in her representation of players like Jalen Hurts. Right. She represents Quinn and Williams. Yeah. Now, she made Hurts the highest paid player in the NFL for a week yeah, and a half. Right. And, and really, when you look at it. Yeah, not really, but I mean, really. Lamar Jackson's going to make more in five years and Jalen Hurts is going to make in six years. Right. It gets that whole yeah. new money average thing. And there, I don't know if there's a way to structure a deal with Quinn and Williams where he has a new money average that is higher than Aaron Donald's. That would be if the goal is to be the highest paid player on paper right. by way of new money average. That's one way to do it. But you got to factor in the $9.6 million that he's due to make this year, and it gets a little complicated. But that be, may be what she's trying to do. But, again, that bar is so high, and Aaron Donald is kind of a, an outlier, just like, as you said, Deshaun yeah. Watson is. There's a point where you just have to set him aside and, yeah. and focus on maybe just getting a little bit more than Jeffrey Simmons. Right. Jeffrey Simmons got 23-5. Right. I'll go for 23-6 or 24. Right, and, and ultimately, like we always talk about, too, you know, as athletes and I think as competitors, you want that big number. You want to be able to puff out your chest and look at my total contract and all that. But Except when people want to come ask you for money. That's, well, I still don't understand why guys want to say, hey, look, I'm the highest paid player in all of football. Oh, no, sorry, get back to me on that. Oh, you need $10,000? No, I'm well, sorry, well, somebody needs braces? No, I'm sorry. I mean, that you, you really put yourself in a position to get pulled in, in 20 different directions. Well, you do. It, well, that's where, again, it's, it's, the, it's the point of pride in your profession, in your football. It's one of those things where, yeah, it's, it's like having a – you know, it's a medal on your, your jacket if you're in the military or whatever. It, it is a, hey, look, I'm this good. I got paid at the best of my position. And so there is that. And there's a real 
rank and effect like we talk about in the locker room at times, right? What is the, who are the leaders in the locker room? The guys who play good and the guys that are getting paid, right? Because everybody goes, damn, whatever they're doing, we want to do it. What are you doing, huh? I'll listen to you, whatever you say. So, you know, there, there is that aspect. But, but to your point with the contract and the numbers and all that, you always say this, and I'm with you 100%. You know, don't, don't be worried about the overall number sometimes. Guys get too obsessed with that. Get a big three-year average, right? It's really those first three years anyways that you want to kill it and you know you're guaranteed of making big money. And then after that, it's kind of a crapshoot. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. One of the other things, too, and this is what separates the functional teams from the dysfunctional, when you have guys who have been in your building, who yeah. have been part of what you're trying to build, and they are doing it the right way, right. you want them to get their financial reward from you. That was one of the ways, many ways, in which the Daniel Snyder Washington franchise had everything twisted up wrong. Their own, for the most part, good players that they drafted and developed leave. They go throw money at this guy, this guy, this guy. You bring in a bunch of strangers to the organization who have never done anything for this team. You pay them a bunch of money. What's the message to the young guys? Hey, I'm going to bust my butt and do everything I'm I'm expected to do, and then I'm eventually going to go get my payday. Yeah, I'm not going to get supported here. Right, right. And 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 you're you're right. That's a real thing in the locker room. And you know, if you want to keep positive culture of what they're doing right now with this young nucleus with the New York Jets, I think that's why he's important to their football team. But, you know, to, your, to, to that conversation overall, yeah, you, 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 you want to develop. You want to have your guys, right? Uh, but Robert Salas, he saw the Legion of Boom and a little there. And if you hang on too long, it, it could be, you know, man, we waited too long for the lifelong of this team. They're not there, the New York Jets, right now. They're super talented, and that's why I just think this gets done. And if the gap's not too huge, they'll throw an extra, you know, few dollars his way and get it done. Yeah, and – Again, the concept of the hold-in has become popular in recent years because the player avoids the fines. The player is in the building. Yeah. It just becomes awkward at some point if you don't get a deal done. Like with the Bears and Roquan Smith last year, there comes a time when a conversation needs to be had. Right. It's time to go play. Right. It's time to go do this. Right. 
for the contract you currently have. Yeah. That's the only thing you give up when you hold in. If you're the player, you avoid the fines. You're not putting yourself in harm's way while these negotiations continue. But if they don't result in a deal, I mean, there's still an amount of leverage that the team has because if you don't get a deal, you're already there. Yeah, you're, you're there, not and leave. you haven't practiced, and you're not, you know, hitting on all cylinders and at your best as far as you know preparation, health, being in shape for the for the start of the season, and that can work against you too. It's it's a risky proposition, but yeah, it's one of the few avenues players have right now, like you talk about. Once upon a time, Indomitian Sue was the highest-paid defensive tackle in all of football. Remember when he jumped from the Lions to the Dolphins in 2015, I believe it was. Big contract for him. Still some interest out there in his services. He says he's in no hurry to sign. Quote, I have no desire to be in a training camp. He didn't join the Eagles until week 11 of last year. He had one sack, five quarterback hits in 11 games, including the playoffs. He played 35% of the snaps, part of that rotation. And he's at a point in his career where he doesn't have to be there. He can wait. He can see how the season plays out. He told me last year after his first game with the Eagles, he's got two boys. He wants to have a ring for each one. He's got one ring. He wants another one. So you wait a while. It's all about which horse starts to separate. Right. And maybe you pick the right one. Although the Chiefs may be the one. I mean, (laughs) you know, as long as they got Mahomes, I think (laughs) the Chiefs. You wore red at Nebraska. Right. You wore red in Tampa. Yeah, you live close to Warren Buffett. You're not far from him and everything. His old buddy, right? I mean, first off, yeah, he's totally at that point of his career where it's just about where can I go to try to win a ring? It speaks to the physical freak the guy is that he can be like, ah, training camp, ah, the first six or seven weeks of the year, the first ten weeks of the year, it doesn't matter. I can come in and start a D-tackle if you need me to next week. You know, that's why he is – he's all – a Hall of Fame defensive tackle because of that. Uh, but, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested. I don't know. You know, I think it's probably going to be – I feel like it's going to go down the road of like a midseason, you know, we're into the season type of thing with Ndamukong like Sue, right? Like I don't year. think he's going to sign at the end of training camp. I think he's going to gauge the season a little bit so he can pick the team he wants and get a feel for that. When you are used to making top-of-the-market money yeah. and you're now relegated to basically the minimum, yeah. and I can't remember what his deal was last year, but it wasn't anything – no, nothing Tremendous. special. Why show up early? Why put yourself through all that stuff? It's not worth it. And if his objective is to win another championship, wait a little while, bet on the right horse. I mean, if it wouldn't it be great? Betting would be a lot easier if you could bet on horses during the race. <laughs> That's kind of what he did last yeah, year, and right. he almost pulled it off. And, yeah. and maybe next year, this year, he sees how things go and – a need comes up, a team, you know, big-time contender loses a key player, or he just decides I'm going to join the rotation like they have in Philadelphia. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see him again this year, and I would be surprised if we see him before Halloween. Yeah, I, that's, that's kind of how I would feel about it, too. I think he's he, he's not going to pick a team in early September and have the risk of, oh, no, I'm now on a team that's six and, you know, six and seven here coming down the stretch and – we're playing for nothing or whatever that way. No, I think he is. He's smart enough. He's going to you know, investigate the lay of the land and then try to pick a winner. Speaking of the Chiefs, Tack Orlando Brown left for the Bengals via free agency, which created an instant question about Jonah Williams, who wanted out. Yeah. A report has surfaced that the Jaguars and the Bengals discussed a Jonah Williams trade before the draft. It didn't happen. Williams making $12.6 million on his fifth-year option this year they're just going to flip him over to the right side and put Orlando Brown on the left side but 
it makes me think something could still happen. Still, you got to protect Joey B. Right. You got to keep these guys in place. And if it's just a matter of one more year with Jonah Williams and then they tag and trade him or let him walk away in free agency, and I could see them tag him for a year. Say, hey, you know, the, the Bengals have never been a team to shy away from using every right they have available to them under the CBA. No. We'll tag you. Right. You're here. Right. You're going to get X million dollars or don't play. And if you don't want to play, fine. We did it with Carson Palmer. We'll, we'll do it with you. Just go, go, go sit in the corner if you don't want to play. And, uh, you know, they, the bottom line is they need that help around uh, Joe Burrow to keep him in one piece. Yeah, they do. Uh, and, and, you know, like we see with, like, the Kansas City Chiefs and how much of a effort they made to – you know, reorganize or repurpose all their assets after a bad Super Bowl and not protecting their quarterback. They've gone all in that, and that's changed their football team here slowly but surely. You know, the, the Bengals, same type of thing. Little last year that got them better. You know, now Orlando Brown, franchise-type guy, and Jonah Williams, they got, now you can play with, hey, wait, we got five or seven starting offensive linemen, and we can play the best five. And that's the good thing there. But yeah, even that, even with that, their offensive line, you know, turned the corner at the end of the year. But it still wasn't. I don't think anybody was looking at the Bengals' offensive line and going, "Oh wow, that's a special one there. Or, that's a top five unit in football." Nowhere near that. And you said it right. I mean, you got a special quarterback. You know, they depend on throwing the ball down the field. And then last year, you know, they couldn't run the ball at all either. So just think about that. If they had a really a legit run game to go along with all they can do in the pass game, uh, they're close to being extremely dangerous. We know that. And, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, they're, they're not going to let Jonah Williams at the door right now. Did you see the video I sent yesterday? Uh, yeah, Joe, Joe B. Yeah. My God, he may not need any blockers. That guy's jacked. It's, he it's, went from looking like Macaulay Culkin to John Rambo. It's, it's in him, right? Like, you, 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 like when I was there last spring uh, at the end of the OTAs and stuff, First off, as always, and you always bring this up with me or whoever, much bigger guy than you realize, right? When you get in that, you know, he's taller than me, and you think I'm big, right? So, I don't think you're big. Well, I am big. And right. I'm not small. 5'11 yeah. and three quarters, folks. He can attest to it. Yeah, yeah. But this guy's a giant. He just slid down from a beanstalk this morning and walked over here and filled his mug with hot water. You should right. start pouring the hot water down from the beanstalk. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's fresh beanstalk water. But uh, Look at that. Yeah, he's jacked. It's, it's in him, and it looks like he now, smart guy who I learned who evaluates himself after the season every year and where he thinks he needs to be better. Now, I guarantee he played under the weight he wanted to last year. Is that year. too ripped? Is that too big for a quarterback? I don't think so, but he's, he's probably like, you're pushing the, you're starting to get to the point of, hey, you don't need to be any tighter than there, or just, you know, that that's about the right look. That would be the look I'd want to go for. I think he played underweight last year, though, because of the appendectomy, right? right? So he never really got the weight back. He's super into his hopefully health. Hopefully he can avoid that again this year. Well, hopefully he can. And, hey. I'm kidding. He, well, he only have one. He only have one. Yeah. But, no, but he, he, takes, he takes a beating, yeah. right? And he hangs in the pocket, and he tries to make plays going, so he's put a little armor on him. It's, it's funny. One. Between him <laughs> and Josh Allen. Yeah. I really do think that they both have made this commitment that, that – Right, saw changes in their body. Homes, like, right. like you know, right. We can't get past him. We have to take it on ourselves. 
to upgrade ourselves, to do what we have to do. This Mahomes Burrow feud, I think, really is a feud. The one to watch. I think so. I think and it's you, a real you've feud. You've detected that. Some of the things, yeah. like Mahomes, has that very charming way of making a point. Right. And it doesn't come off as snarky. Although when you think about it, there's a little something there. Yes. You think that for some reason Burrow gets under Mahomes' skin? I well, I think he's the only guy in football, right? Other than maybe Tom Brady, where you could you can live with that a little bit, where he'd go, wait, that guy's got my number. He's got my number, and he doesn't even seem like, you know, he's kind of arrogant and just beats us and then just goes on like we're nothing, right? I think there's a little of that, and they take that personal in Kansas City. I do, you know, and, and then, you know, with – the, the, the Joe Burrow and the way the year ended last year and I'm him and all that, I think it did get personal where it was like, whoa, you're getting up here towards the top of Mount Everest with me and I don't like this and I'd like to put you back down there a little bit. That whole Burrowhead Stadium thing exactly. really bugged exactly. them. Exactly. The victory cigars bugged Mahomes. Right. They used all of that. And yes. That's the thing. They act like they don't listen. They listen because they use anything they can to get themselves more focused. And when you are the kings of the hill, you have to find any Thing that you possibly can to get you properly focused and motivated. And something woke up the Chiefs in that game. And yeah. really, Chris Jones, who's trying to get a new contract, right. he's the one that at a time when I thought it was inevitable the Bengals were going to go down the field and win the game and go back to the Super Bowl again, Jones is the one that, that kept Made it the play. from happening. And then Mahomes did his thing with the the Joseph Asai hit right. out of bounds. Right. Field, before you know it, field goal range, game over. It just it happened so fast. Yeah. It's like, the Bengals are going to do this. The Bengals are going to do this. The Bengals are going to do this. Oh, Chris Jones stopped that. Okay, now the Chiefs have it. We're going to overtime. We're going to overtime. Oh, crap. We're not going to overtime. The Chiefs are going to win. Yeah. And that's it. And they go to the Super Bowl. Yep. It's so hard. I was talking about this last night. You know, you're not just threading a needle. You're threading like four needles to win the Super Bowl, especially in the AFC. You've got to make everything go your way in the wild card round, right. unless you're the one team that gets a bye. Yeah. Then you got to make everything go your way in the division round. Then you got to thread it again in the conference championship. Then you got to thread it again in the Super Bowl. I mean, it is harder and harder and harder. It's easier on the NFC side because the needle's bigger to get there. You still got to thread the last one, and the Eagles failed to do it last yeah. year. But th that's why, yeah, the Chiefs have two, and how many more are they going to get? I don't know, but it's a hell of a lot of work to get one. And they need to don't assume. That yeah. they're going to get another one anytime soon because you got to keep threading those needles. Exactly, and that's where I think you know it, the chippiness and them finding motivation. Right, uh, that that's what great teams do. They find that, like you said, there's that little extra fuel to keep this going. Yeah, we want to be great. We want more Super Bowls, all that. But there's other things you need to to, to have, you know, to light the fire on a weekly basis during a, a long football season where your body gets beat to crap. One one other thing too, just to bring up about the whole you know, subject with Jonah Williams and the, the trade conversations yes. maybe with the Jags. I do find it interesting um, that it does seem like, you know, it, it showed me within, within that talk and that report that the Jags are maybe a little concerned about their O-line or maybe their tackle position. The fact that they lost Jawan Taylor, you know, they had a guy and they dropped. Cam Robinson's got, Cam a suspension Robinson's got the suspension coming. So there's an issue there for sure. There, there, there's a little concern there, and and that certainly you know leads you to believe that with with that talk and and uh, Jonah Williams. Anton Harrison from Oklahoma tackle they picked with the 27th overall right. selection. And look, they're the ones trying to thread a needle too. I mean, yeah. they thought they had the Chiefs on the ropes after Patrick Mahomes suffered the ankle injury and Trevor they Lawrence did. becoming one of the guys right. who we kind of believe it'll be interesting. We start your 
Chris Sims' Top 40 Quarterback Countdown today. You started yesterday on your podcast, but I have a feeling you're going to have Lawrence a lot closer to 1 than 40, a lot closer to 1 than no 40, question. a lot closer to 1 than 20, maybe a lot closer to 1 than 10. But, you know, they need to protect him too. Yeah. And although he's already pretty jacked, I mean, that neck, my God, it looks like a snake with a pig trapped in its gullet, <laughs> that neck. But, uh, you know, he's he's a guy that they need to keep healthy. They need to have him be effective. And right. he's going to potentially enter this conversation with Mahomes and Burrow and Allen. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he continues to play like he did last year, we're going to be talking about this next offseason just like Herbert and Burrow and everybody. I mean, that's, that's where we're going to go. And, yeah, they're a team that – you know, like we know, and Doug Peterson coming from Philadelphia, he he believes in having a big offensive line. That's what won them the Super Bowl in 2017 when they beat the Patriots. It was one of the reasons they turned things around last year. You know, they were able to protect and, you know, open up holes for Travis Etienne, and there was no team in football that they were overmatched by up front like we talk about all the time, and that's a, a positive for them. But, yeah, there's obviously a little concern there, and uh, we'll see where it goes with the Jags O-line. From current quarterbacks trying to become the NFL MVP to the guy who was back in 2016. Yeah. 2016 MVP. That was the 28-3 to season. One of the folks at the thing last night, guy was a Falcons fan, and we were just talking about how like, you just feel like you're never going to get past it until everybody's gone. And now it seems like everybody's gone. Right. Except ownership and yeah. Rich McKay. Right. Everybody's gone. Right. So uh, Matt Ryan gone sort of, from the NFL. He is going to work for CBS Sports. He said in his tweet, this is not a retirement post. Now, somebody sent me his contract because <laughs> when you get into guarantees, and you right. get $12 million due from the Colts, right. there is potentially an obligation to make yourself available. Right. And if you retire, if Jim Irsay decided he wanted to be a pain in the butt, he could try to get the $12 million back. I have the contract. I haven't had a chance to study it yet. That might not be in there, but it's still safer to just say I'm not retired, then you avoid the argument altogether. You don't have to worry about the Colts doing something unpredictable and trying to get back to $12 million. They knew when they traded for him last year they were inheriting $12 million fully guaranteed this year. Right. The reason they benched him last year was because of the was to avoid another $17 million becoming fully guaranteed. Right. And Jim Irsay tried to act like that wasn't part of it. Bull crap. That was clearly part of it. Back before Frank Wright got fired, they benched him for Sam Ellinger. Yep. They said he's not playing the rest of the right. year. This was put Matt Ryan in bubble wrap for God's sake because if he can't pass a physical by the middle of March, we owe him $29 million instead of $12 million. They eventually decided the hell with it. They brought him back. They let him play. And then they put him in bubble wrap again near the end of the year. Right. But they avoided that 17. They still owe him 12. He's trying to avoid any argument whatsoever under any circumstance that the Colts don't have to pay him that 12. Yeah, yeah, no, I, you, you, you laid it out, right? I mean, they made that trade to get Matt Ryan, and they certainly, and, and I'm not judging them because I'm be one that's right there with it. I didn't think he was going to fall off I thought they'd like make that. It, I thought they'd get to hang another AFC finalist banner. Right, upper quartile I of thought, the upper quartile. I thought they'd be right. in the upper quartile of the upper quartile. Right. And they'd, they'd lose to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Yeah, I, 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 I thought there was a chance they could make a run as well. I did. That was a shock. That was one of the really – honestly, probably we haven't even really talked about it. That was probably one of the most shocking developments here of, re, of football in recent history, really. To have a quarterback of that stature just kind of – and we still thought, ooh, wow, he's still good, and ooh, now he's with a team and watch out. And, yeah, the team failed a little bit, but the player dramatically changed from one season to the next. Especially because – when the Falcons traded Julio Jones the year before, I think the Falcons knew it was over. The Titans didn't. And yes. that was one of the yeah, pressure points, falls, I believe, between right. John Robinson and Mike Vrabel. 
But last year, the Falcons were bringing Matt Ryan back. There was a report on a Friday that they had reached a deal to restructure his contract to make it a more manageable cap hit for that year. And the deal never went through because in the the interim, what happened? Deshaun Watson Watson wanted the Falcons at the table. The Falcons went to the table. Matt Ryan got understandably upset. And the next thing you know, just like the Browns (laughs) avoided this because they were the ones that overpaid Deshaun Watson – they alienated Baker Mayfield. They stood to have neither. The Falcons ended up with neither. Right. And they're still trying to adjust to that. Yeah, but in out. hindsight, yeah, it's not in hindsight, that bad. they made the right decision. Right. Because they'd have been the ones paying him $12 million fully guaranteed this year if they had employed him last year. Yeah. No, I think it, it, in, in hindsight, it, it allowed them to move on and build their team and not have to worry about, wait, do we have to support a you know an aging legend here with our team and figure out some way to make it look like he should still be one of the highest paid quarterbacks and all that. So it kind of did work out for them. But yeah, I mean, Matt Ryan, it, it, it's yeah, hashtag uh, retired, not really retired. But like, I think we all know that he's not going to be on the field again. There's nobody who's going to watch film of last year and go, ooh, I want to bring Matt Ryan in as my backup quarterback. That's not going to happen. He had an unbelievable run. I'm excited to see him at CBS. He did a good job last year a few times when he was on there. For anything less than $12 million, he's working for free this year. Yeah, right. Why would you go play? Why would you go hold a clipboard for three or four million bucks if you're going to see that money go straight back into Jim Irsay's pocket? It makes no sense. Take your $12 million as a parting gift. Go to CBS. Gosh, now he's got to. We should ask for another twelve million from CBS. He's got to hang out with Phil and Boomer. I mean, holy crap! He needs. To, he should ask for another contract. I didn't see any specifics them. about what he's. No, gonna I do. haven't either. I haven't either. I know. I'd be I interested mean, where it goes. Is he going to do games? Is he going to be part of the digital Ooh. stuff? Yeah. Is he going to be on their their? Do they still have a cable channel? They have. Well, no. Well, CBS yeah, they have Sports. 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 Yeah. They do, but I would think that he's only going to be. No, we don't. Uh, <laughs> We're only on. Peacock. Peacock. But right. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong. Well, that's coming up later in the program. It's yeah. a good day big for year. Peacock. Big year for Peacock. I'm a Peacock. You got to let me fly. We'll talk about that coming up. <laughs> okay. Um, before we do that, yeah. not to change the subject, but let's change the subject. Uh, other quarterbacks out there. Mason Rudolph agrees to re-sign with the Steelers. I don't know who in that organization has this thing for Mason Rudolph. <laughs> Right, he's I don't. Got it's, di- he's got dirty pictures or something. I don't know what Mason Rudolph has on somebody whose last name rhymes with Rooney. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Funny. I'm just kidding. But um, I mean, it's just is odd to me. I figured at this point the ship has sailed. But I guess what happened is they had a number that they were willing to pay him. He's thinking, I'm a free agent. I can do better than that. Well, March becomes April. April becomes May. He hadn't done any better than that. So, hey, is it still on the table? Maybe it, maybe it isn't. Maybe there's less. Either way, what's he going to do? No one else is out there. We got through free agency. We got through the draft, and nobody else wanted him. So he goes to a place where he at least knows the personnel, knows the city, knows the offense. But what's he going to be on the depth chart? I don't know. I mean, it's Trubisky. I thought Trubisky first. would be gone. Well, that's where it makes me wonder, and I'm not, you know, uh, like again. Is that the next move, Trubisky? Well, I just I, as I, as you were sitting here talking about that, and you know, again, it, it's one of those weird shows, and because we were up late last night, I didn't do all my homework all the way there. But you, like that implies that you ever do. Well, I do, I do. I am a 
I am a end of the day, get the rundown. Now I'm on the couch, kind of watching TV. The wife's sitting next to me, and I start to look up stuff, or she'll, you know, t- I'll turn on my computer and go, let me watch this guy and film a few plays, yeah. right, and do that. I am, I am that guy. But I got, I got to thinking here with the Trubisky thing, like, wait, what is his contract situation here, right? Are they looking at it going, oh, wait, the amount of money he's making and what we can get from Mason Rudolph, we don't think there's that much of a difference to the football player there. You know, that did cross my mind. Is there some guarantee in there? Well, there's this year, let's see, we got two years, $14.2 million contract, right? And for this year, he's got $8 million in cash. He's got a dead cap number of $2 million, right? So that would be a guy you'd go, oh, they could save $6 million there. And if they feel like Mason Rudolph is in the same class as him or not far off, I don't know. That's just kind of where my head would went. I don't know. You, you think I'm crazy for that? Well, no. It just would be a hell of a thing for it to happen kind of now out of nowhere, to right? Trubisky. Right. But if they're looking at dollar for dollar getting somebody that's equivalent, but you're going to save some money that you can bank for future contracts you have to do, like if you're going to make Kenny Pickett your guy, any cap dollars you start kicking over now is going to be there when it's time. And they're one of the few or teams maybe that's the, always yeah. trying to kind of make ends meet from a cap standpoint. The Steelers spend. They spend. They are always having to do things to stay under the cap yeah. because they're willing to use all of it. So maybe that would be an issue if they if they could pull that off. But well, I don't know where Trubisky would go. Right. Well, Unless I, they just I cut him. I don't know either. I know. Well, I, you know, and, and the other aspect is, well, maybe – Maybe Pittsburgh is looking at this and go, no, we want three quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett had a concussion Two. issue last year. Two concussions. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you look at that, maybe they go, hey, maybe this is the, the, a year we would like to have three guys just to protect ourselves a little bit. That's one of the big two and on takes. Why don't you ever talk about Kenny yeah, Pickett's I know. concussions? Yeah, I know. Just talk about two as concussions. Right. Why don't you talk about Kenny Pickett? Yeah, I know. That's easy. That's easy. It's an easy question. People got to stop that. I, I hear it all the time. I see it too. And it's like, it, it, there, there's an easy answer to that. What Kenny is Pickett it? got a concussion. But he wasn't like a wobbly spaghetti or stuck in a weird position on national TV right. for like 30 seconds or, you know, falling and with his ankle back injury, right? There was too many optics. Or I threw three interceptions in the second half of a football game. And nobody, I hung nobody there. knew why until the right. next day. So, so that's where two and on, like, shut up. You're wrong. All right. There you Send go. Your emails Send it right to me. You know what it is. About two, up, uh, up about your butt dot com at Gmail. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That probably is a, an address somewhere. And somebody's going to get emails at up your butt at Gmail dot com. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Other free agent quarterbacks that are out there. Carson Wentz. We talked about him recently. I believe Teddy Bridgewater still unsigned. Joe Flacco, I think could still end up back with the Jets. Possibly. Nick Foles is out there. He was cut by the Colts recently. Chase Daniel, who has done a great job getting paid good money over the years. That's Don't amazing. hate, appreciate the most what he's been able to do. In the history of football. Josh Johnson <laughs> is out there. He'll eventually be signed by someone and play at All some 30, point. His 32nd <laughs> yes. team in the NFL. Eventually, it's going to be easier to just list the teams he hasn't played for. And yeah. I think we're close to that point. Bryce Perkins is available as well. He's going to be very grateful for getting on the graph. It's going to be interesting. This, just, just, just like, hey, Teddy Bridgewater's been around a long time. But as we talked about last year, do you want him to be your backup? Because he's a guy that's very injury prone, right? So he's not your best backup that way. And he's getting up there. Carson Wentz. What do you think's going to happen there? Like, Carson Wentz is, you know, he's not your ideal backup. He is the guy that confuses the team and the media and everything because he looks so damn good at practice and he's big and he's throwing lasers everywhere, right? You know, but there's obviously something there with the person, the human, the spotlight on him, everything where it's just like 
I, I wonder what's going to happen here with Carson Wentz. I don't think anybody's signing him right now. I know that. I think it's a lot like Cam Newton. He has yeah. yet to accept the fact that he's a backup. Yeah. And until he accepts the fact that he's a backup, no one is going to want him because he disrupts the chemistry that you need unless someone wants him to come in and compete yeah. with a starter, unless right. they want what he's going to bring to the table. But then if he loses the competition, then you have to deal with him. It's just, There's been too much of this personality stuff about exactly. Carson Wentz over exactly. the years for it to not have something. Some, some reality. Especially there. when it first hit when he was with Philly, right. he admitted it. He didn't call it fake news. I guess I got to give him some credit for that. He could have tried to shout it down. He seemed to have some degree of self-awareness that this stuff that people had an issue with as it relates to how he interacted with players had some merit. Yeah. But he's just incapable of, of changing. changing it, it seems. And, right. and remember, he got... I said this last year because I thought last year in Washington was his absolute last chance. Yeah. Because when he left Philly, he landed with a buddy. He landed with a friend. Right. He landed with a family member. Right. And he could say it's their fault, not my fault. Yeah. When he got kicked out of Indy, that, that was... was the moment to say it's not their fault, it's my fault. And I think that's why Ron Rivera was kind of hard on him, tried to coach him up a little bit. This is it. This is your last chance. And it just it didn't work. No. So. I think that the ship has sailed. That, didn't we talk about that yesterday, that the report was he's open to roles as a yeah, starter and did. a backup? Right, and we like, were like, what? No that's enough his- to tell me he's not ready to be a backup. The fact that he would even enter the, the report that he's open to roles as a starter and a backup. No, you are a backup now. If you were going to be a starter or in competition to be a starter, yeah, you be would there. be on a roster right. that currently holds up to 90 players. You are not in that conversation. If you want to get back in the NFL, you say, whoever's interested – I'll please. come throw for you. I love. I'll please, play wherever. Take me. I want to learn. I want to get better. That's that's what you got to do as a backup. You got to be that guy. I'll do whatever you say, coach. You went through that for a few yeah, years. Definitely. You wanted to stay in the game. Right. You were willing to do whatever needed to be done. Whatever. And then when you get that role, you got to be totally like, okay, I'm the backup. Right. That's what I am, and I'm going to support my guy who's the starting quarterback, and I'm going to work hard and be a little bit of a pain in his ass because I got some talent. I'm going to work hard. And that's going to be good for him. But he's going to know I'm in his corner. And I'm going to, you know, make sure I'm a team guy that way. And that is part of being the backup that way. It is. And when you're taking batting practice before a Major League Baseball game, don't hit more home runs. (laughs) I can't even believe that. I'm shocked. I mean, we saw Josh Allen hit the softballs last week. Like, Josh Allen, I think I would have put him against anybody in football as far as a home run derby. Matt Barkley, he's a pretty big dude. You know, I'm not shocked that he has power. I just didn't know he can hit a baseball like that. Well, and as we said last week, it's harder with that slow pitch softball because the physics. Yeah. You got to generate more right. bat speed and right. more pop because when the there he is, Josh Allen last night in Toronto. When that ball's coming, you know, what eighty mile an hour? I don't know. What do they throw batting practice? Yeah, probably about eighty. You maybe know, you, 80, you hit it yeah, just right. right. The, the momentum from the pitch is going to carry it does the ball a lot over for the you. over the fence. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. If you're going to be a good backup, don't hit more dingers than the starter when you're taking BP at a major league game. I can't believe he did that and went over there. You know, went over and jumped, went to Toronto. I, Why? Oh, he's in New York. Got to come down that's, the Yankees, the Mets. What the he's hell? He's on the only New York How football team. I know. The only New York team. <laughs> yes, I know. You're right. Technically, you're right. It is the only team in the Speaking team. of that, speaking of that, it was funny last night. Right. Going to 30 Rock for our meetings. Yeah. I rolled through Times Square, and the first thing I thought of was that damn Chargers 
video oh, with Aaron of Rogers. Aaron Rodgers, and it said, I love Zach New Jersey. And everything. It says, yeah. I love New Jersey yeah. at the top and all that great <laughs> stuff in there. As soon as I saw the whole thing at Times Square, it's the first thing I thought yeah, of. Yeah, right. No. Yeah, I know. All right. All right, let's uh, go to a break. We need break. to take a break. We need yeah. to take a break. What are we talking about next, Pete? We are talking about the Cowboys kicker situation, and it's safe to say they are casting a very wide net. <laughs> we'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. Apparently. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.